Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That was great. You know, all of us are shocked that we've made it this far and that we're actually here this morning, right? <laughs> Indeed, indeed. But we're pleased, we're blessed, and we're privileged to be gathered here today at the Village Church. Many folks are joining us online all around the world, and we're very happy to have you with us as well. We are here to worship the living God on this last day of 2023. And so let us go to ancient, ancient words that still speaks truth to us today as we are called to worship in our responsive call from the book of the prophet Isaiah. A child has been born for us. Authority rests upon his shoulder and he is named... Friends, let us worship God. Oh, 
you may be seated. Remember that our Lord Jesus can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. Since in every respect he, ha he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with boldness approach the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Join me in the printed prayer as we confess our sins together. God of light and Lord of nations, in the darkness of night, you came to bring light. To an oppressed people, you came to bring hope. To a world torn by violence, you came to bring peace. We confess that we have not always received your precious gifts. Too often we have preferred the destructive pathways of our old lives over the blessed pathway that is found in our following life. Forgive us and restore in us the joy of that Christmas morning when Bethlehem and all the world look to the discover the Savior in their midst. Then help us follow him so that we may bring light, hope, and peace to your world. We pray in his name. Amen. And now we take a few moments in silence as we speak with the Lord about those most personal sins. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to us in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. the peace of Christ be with you and also with you 
At this time, children fifth grade and younger may meet their Sunday school teachers at the back of the sanctuary. Now I invite you to pass the peace of Christ. I always wonder at these unified services when we have 9 o'clock folks and 10.30 folks if some of you are seeing people for the very first time who have been coming to the same church for 50 years, but you just didn't know about it, right? <laughs> I actually, I love these unified worship services because we all get a little bit of a flavor of what happens at the other service, and we use many different styles of music and approaches to worship to praise the same God because we're the same people, and that's a beautiful thing. So I want to thank all of our musicians, our ushers, everybody who's uh, come out to help make all of this possible today. Uh, I want to share just a couple of notes with you about what is coming up in the life of the congregation. Uh, I want to let you know that our Bible studies, our regular Bible studies, the Monday evening, the Tuesday, Wednesday studies, they will all resume not this coming week, but the following week, okay? Um, I do want to remind you as well that um, if you still are planning to give financially to the life of the church in 2023, uh, 2023 is over in about uh, 13 or 14 hours or so. So we need to receive that gift today. If you want the IRS to be nice to you about what you claim on your, on your uh, exemptions and deductions. We have a new opportunity coming uh, to us in January uh, starting on the 21st. We're going to have a six-week series that will be after the second worship service, so about 11.45, a six-week series uh, that's about how to follow Jesus for life. It's about spiritual formation, spiritual disciplines, actual practical things that we do in order to open ourselves to Christ and in order to follow Him. So you'll read more about that in the Wednesday News and Notes, and if you'd like to know even more detail about that, please drop me a line. I'd be happy to share with you. Um, also want to uh, introduce someone who was here with us last year. Uh, Nura Eid is a young theology student preparing for ministry. She's from Syria. Helen and I had a chance to meet her uh, for the first time. It'll be eight years ago in April. And Nura is now in the last year of her studies at Columbia Theological Seminary in Decatur, Georgia. And uh, she's here along with her husband, Andre, who also is studying theology and working on a PhD. Uh, so if you want to talk to, yeah, welcome guys, good to have you with us. 
If you want to talk to some really smart people, talk to these folks. <laughs> this is the fifth Sunday of the month. Uh, someone pointed out on Facebook, I think it was yesterday, the first day of 2023 was a Sunday, and now the last day of 2023 is a Sunday. And as a fifth Sunday, we're receiving a special offering to support the work of our deacons, and we're also receiving your offering that supports the general work of the church. And so as an act of worship, I call upon the ushers to wait upon us as we present to God our tithes and offerings and as we enjoy this next bit of music. Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Prospero año y felicidad Feliz Navidad
You may be seated. Please join me in prayer. O God, the creator and preserver of all, who has filled the world with beauty, we praise you. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the blessings you have bestowed upon us throughout this year. For your good creation, for things great and small, for seen and unseen splendors, for common hopes and hardships that life brings to us, we give you thanks. Open our eyes to behold your gracious hand in all your works and to recognize that you are God yesterday, today, and forever. O oh God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus Christ, your Son. Look with compassion on the human family. Take away the pride which infects our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, we all may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. To all nations, grant unity, peace, and concord, and to all people, give dignity, food, and shelter. Today we pray especially for Ukraine and the Middle East, that you may show mercy and peace. Grant us in this new year abundant harvests, strength, wisdom, and skill. Enlighten our hearts and minds with your spirit. Come to the help of all who are in danger, necessity, and trouble. We humbly commend to your goodness all those who are in any way afflicted or distressed. For those who have lost dear loved ones, for those who are facing medical illness and challenges, for those who are seeking to repair damaged relationships, and for all who are providing care for others. We pray that you may be with them all and that they may feel your presence. And now we come to you in moments of silence with our personal prayers. And now let us all join in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the glory, and the glory forever. Amen. reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe of him. That which is has already been. That which is to be already is, and God seeks out that which has gone by. And now a reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, 
so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The word of the Lord. Last week I had one of those experiences that I think only God can arrange because it turned out to be a perfect introduction, if you will, into today's message. For any of you who still live under the misconception that I know anything, let me just tell you that it's God who provides everything that I know. And this is one of those cases, right? So last week, uh, we had occasion to visit a jewelry store. And I don't often go to jewelry stores. Helen can tell you that. But <laughs> so I had to ask somebody for a recommendation. Where should, where should we go to get a couple pieces of jewelry repaired? And the recommendation I got said, go to such and such jewelry store over on Encinitas Boulevard. And, and we had an address. And, and the person said, talk with, uh, was it Peter, I think, was the guy's name? Or George? I can't remember his name now. Anyhow. We walked into this jewelry store, and out walked the owner of the store, and he had a little bit of an accent, not your normal sort of Midwestern, bland, Iowa kind of English, uh, had sort of an accent. So we started visiting with him, and it's my, my habit often to ask people where they're from and what all has gone on in their lives. Turns out that uh, this man is an Armenian by uh, ethnic background. And he was born in Lebanon. Many Armenians left Armenia during the genocide and came to Lebanon. But then he came to this country about 40 years ago. And, and now he's living in San Diego, has been for a very long time. So it was fascinating. Turns out I had uh, one person with me who speaks fluent Arabic and a little bit of Armenian. So uh, English quickly went by the wayside. And I heard a lot of Arabic, a little bit of Armenian, and maybe 18 other languages that I just didn't recognize. I don't know. But that was kind of fun. So then uh, we needed to go to, uh, to have a watch uh, repaired. And just up from this store on Encinitas Boulevard, there's a store that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. It's called Timekeeper. They have a whole bunch of gorgeous old clocks, you know, grandfather clocks and grandmother clocks and grandson clocks and granddaughter clocks, whatever kind of clocks they have. Uh, and and the, there are two brothers who run that store, and they're, they're delightful people. They're, they're, they're not necessarily warm and fuzzy, but they're very honest. They're very cool guys. And, uh, and so I decided then, I never have done this, but I decided to ask uh, the one who was, was waiting on us. I said, where, can you tell me where you're from? Uh, and he said, well, we are originally from Croatia. And so it started occurring to me that here is a half-breed Mexican gringo from New Mexico, me, uh, 
who's just visited with an Armenian born in Lebanon now living here, and now I'm visiting with a couple of Croatians, and we're all here in Encinitas, and I've got a Syrian Arab with me and a Brazilian Portuguese guy. It just, it was, it was mind-boggling. So finally, as we walked out of the store, I turned around to the Croatian guy and I said, tell me how you say Merry Christmas in Croatia. And without missing a beat, he said, Feliz Navidad. I think that's going to be one of the most memorable scenes from this Christmas. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? He didn't even know that we were going to be singing Feliz Navidad today. We have spent the entire Advent and Christmas season looking at some of the most popular songs of Christmas time and connecting them, because they already are connected, connecting them to some of the deep concerns and thoughts and joys and hopes and themes of Christmas itself. That song, Feliz Navidad, simply says it, right? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Do you know much about the history of this song? That song has been very important in my family. And I'll tell you a bit more about that. But Feliz Navidad was written by Jose Feliciano, a Puerto Rican who grew up in New York. But in 1970, kind of like Irving Berlin a long time before that in Palm Springs, Jose found himself in Los Angeles and he was missing his family back in New York. And so he wrote that song as a way of kind of connecting with them. Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad. In 1970, that song started hitting the airwaves. That's when it was first introduced. And I distinctly remember the excitement in my father's family that a Spanish language song would be so popular in just general popular culture. It was really kind of, a, kind of a beautiful thing. The song did not immediately go to the top of the charts. It took several years for it to do that. But now it is one of the probably 10 or 20 most popular songs at Christmas time. We even have, I, I wish I'd thought to bring it, we have a, a, a little, is it a mouse or something or other dressed up in a sarape and a sombrero and you push the button and it starts singing Feliz Navidad. <laughs> I mean, if that's not the meaning of Christmas, what else is, right? <laughs> At any rate, when you think about that song, Feliz Navidad y Prospero Año y Felicidad, it's a great sentiment, it's a great expression, but as we sang it today, we sang it the way it's always sung, Feliz Navidad, and then it goes to singing part of the song in English for all those poor folks that don't know Spanish, right? I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. And that's great. That's wonderful. That makes it a Christmas song, right? That makes it a Christian Christmas song in some sense. Even though lots of people say Merry Christmas now, they don't even really know what they're saying. When we say Merry Christmas, we're saying that we are celebrating the birth of Christ into the world. But then there's that other phrase, 
prospero año y felicidad. And that phrase in the song is never translated, is it? That had never occurred to me until I was working on this series of messages. Now, you know what it means because most of you, perhaps some of you online, uh, this doesn't apply to, but, but most of you live here in Southern California and we're exposed to a great deal of Spanish. We are in much of the rest of the country now, right? It means have a prosperous and happy new year. But that's never interpreted into the English. It occurred to me that I, I can't think of any other Christmas songs that move into a celebration of the new year. If you can think of some, let me know about that. I'd like to know about that. Can you think of any other Christmas songs that go from Merry Christmas to Happy New Year? And so this song actually is a brilliant theological song. It's a brilliant expression of something that you and I need to think about as, as Christians. This song goes from celebrating Christmas to recognizing the passage of time. The passage of time. And we, of course, today are on the brink of celebrating the turn of the calendar, noting the passage of time as we look back, and then again as we look to the future. Now, I have always wondered exactly why it was that Christmas was followed on so closely by New Year's. I've known a little bit about that. It makes a certain amount of sense when you think about that, but I wanted to learn some more about that. Why is it that New Year's follows so quickly on Christmas itself? It's, it's really, frankly, kind of an inconvenience in many ways because right after you go through the Christmas season, then you have to quickly put everything away and get everything ready for the start of the new year. And, and if it were me, I would much rather wait till March 1st or something or other to celebrate the new year. And there's actually some cultures historically that have done that. But here's some of the background of that, right? You know, Jesus was born into a world that was dominated by Greek and then, of course, by Roman culture. And about 50 years before Jesus was born the emperor Julius Caesar had established a calendar. He had actually jiggered around with it a little bit and decided that the first day of January would be the first day of the new year. That's because the month of January was named after the Roman god Janus, January. Janus was the god of beginnings, the God of looking forward to new things. And actually, the, the way that God was represented, it was a two-faced God, a God who looked to the past and also a God who looked to the future. And so it was logical that the year would begin with the beginning of the month that celebrated new beginnings. And so the new year celebration in Roman culture was already there when Jesus was born. And then when Jesus was born, we're quite convinced that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Jesus probably was born sometime in the spring or summer of the year. 
At any rate, Christians decided, though, because since they didn't know the actual day of Jesus' birth, they decided to celebrate his birth at the same time that all the pagans were celebrating the winter solstice, which happens just a few days before the beginning of the new year. Are, are you still with me, by the way? Did you all have your coffee? Okay, good, good. So Christians decided to celebrate Jesus' birthday on December 25th, which just happened to be a few days before the beginning of the new year. And then after a while, when Christianity sort of took over the Roman Empire, it became a great holiday celebration for days and days and days. And so that's why we have these two days so close to each other. And even though I've been one who has lamented that fact, you know, I'd rather have a Christmas vacation for a while, and then we'd actually get more vacation, don't you think, if we waited to celebrate the first of the year till some other time? But it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense to celebrate something new, something beautiful, something so full of promise and hope as a new calendar year. It makes sense to celebrate that as we celebrate the new thing that God did in Jesus Christ. So now that we understand that New Year's and Christmas and all of that stuff is all bound together in some sort of way, we need to look at what the Scriptures might have to say about this business of time. Bill, a moment ago, read for us just a couple of phrases from that famous, famous passage in the third chapter of Ecclesiastes about time about time. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. We often read this particular passage when we're celebrating someone's life at a memorial service, celebrating the time that God gave them here on earth, remembering that none of us are here forever on earth. We celebrate time, and yet we are mystified by time. Sometimes we're glad that time passes on and bad things are receding in our history, but then we also worry and wonder about what the future is going to be. We do a lot of that, don't we, at the turn of the year? There hasn't been any real news on for the last week. The only news that we've seen is about how to bake a better fruitcake or here's a list of the 10 things that happened in 2023 that we want to remember. And then we've had news articles about what might happen in the future, which is not news. It's called prophecy. It's called fortune telling. But that's the way it is, right? We look to the past. We look to the future. The writer of Ecclesiastes was doing exactly the same thing. He had lived a long time, he had observed all of life, and he was telling us what life actually is like. And it's like that, isn't it? Seasons come and seasons go. Life happens, death happens, war happens, peace happens, love happens, hate happens. That's the way of life. And the writer was trying to get his mind wrapped around the meaning of all of that and what we can do with all of that. And he finally concluded, you know, you and I, human beings, cannot do a single thing about the fact that time passes, that time exists. And so he finally concludes something that in a way is, is kind of sad 
kind of pessimistic. At the end of this chapter, a piece that Bill did not read, he says, I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. That which is already has been, and that which is to be already is, and God seeks out what has gone by. That's at the end of that long list of things, a time for every matter under heaven. Does anybody here understand what time is? Of course not. We don't truly understand. We experience it. We live through it. But we don't control it. We can't speed it up. We can't slow it down. Time simply is. But God stands outside of time. God is the one who is timeless. God is the one who determines all of the events that happen within time. We receive life. Life comes to us. None of us asks to be born. None of us asks to die. Life simply happens. William Brown, one of the great Old Testament theologians, says that human beings are caught between self-transcendence and stifling ignorance. We are both in time and out of time. So there's a certain sense of frustration in all of us a certain sense of resignation to the way that life simply moves on. Sometimes we control it, sometimes we don't. The writer of Ecclesiastes noted that. He says, when I saw that there is nothing better than that all should enjoy their work, for that is their lot, who can bring them to see what will be after them? Ecclesiastes in some ways is an extremely pessimistic book. It says, here's life, it's given to you, there's some of it that's good, there's some of it that's bad, you're not in control of it, the best you can do is eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Right? Right? He sort of throws up his hands in resignation and says, well, that's all we can say. That's all we can say. But the good news is that that's not all we can say because as Paul wrote to the church in Galatia when the fullness of time had come God sent his son so that we might receive adoption as children when the fullness of time had come who was in control of time only God Only God determines the times and the seasons and the things that happen. When the fullness of time had come, when God decided it was the right time, God came to be with us in Jesus, as Jesus. And that's the good news. That's the news that I think the the writer of Ecclesiastes glimpsed only slightly but couldn't get his hands wrapped around. But then those who had met Jesus, those who knew Jesus said, aha, now we finally get it. Now we finally get it. In the midst of the time of our lives, in the seasons of our lives, in the futility and hopelessness or the vanity, as Ecclesiastes says, the vanity of our lives, God breaks in. God arrives in the person of Jesus in order to reveal to us what we need to know about these lives that we live 
in the futility of time. And what God reveals is that God loves us. God is with us. God claims us for who we were from the beginning, but we denied. God claims us as his children again. And with God's presence in our lives, we know that we do not live in futility or vanity. We know that all the comings and goings of the days and years of our lives have some purpose and have some meaning. No, we cannot see what happened at the very beginning. We cannot see what happens at the very end. But only what we see is what God tells us, that at the very beginning there was Jesus. And at the very end there is Jesus. So at the very beginning, there is love. At the very end, there is love. There is hope. There is faith. There is truth. There is life. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. And so it's actually perfect. It's actually perfect that we celebrate Christmas. And then we catch our breath. We take a nap. And then we celebrate the new year. When we celebrate a new year, we look at the past and we see terrible things that have gone on, but we also see the blessing of God there in the past. And we look at the future and we fear the terrible things that might come, but we also look with hope towards a future in which wonderful things will happen. Regardless of the good or the bad, the hopeful or the sad, above all, we see Christ. Christ Jesus, who in the midst of everything in life, walks with us, holds us, encourages us, teaches us, leads us into a future, a future that I'm certain will bring some terrible things. But regardless of those terrible things, will also bring wonderful things. And whether they're terrible, whether they're wonderful, Jesus will be there walking through with us. I would want to say that it is impossible to wish somebody a prosperous and happy new year. Prospero año y felicidad. It's impossible to do that unless we first say Merry Christmas. Unless we say Christ is here. Therefore, we can look forward with hope and joy towards the peace and promise that God offers us in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, in the fullness of time, God came to be with us and God never, ever leaves us. And so, beloved, beloved of God, children of God, let us love each other. Pray with me. Almighty God, we are confused sometimes by time. We are upset sometimes by the lives we have lived and the lives to which we look forward sometimes with dread. But God, you have come to clear away the confusion. You have come to to cut through the fear You have come to assure us that you are God and that you love us and you never let us go. That's what we celebrate, Lord. That's the message that we proclaim. 
In your son Jesus we pray. Amen. Would you please stand and join me in the affirmation of faith using ancient words spoken by Jesus' mother, Mary. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from the world that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us once more, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, my servant without fear, in holiness and righteousness, before him all the days of our life. may never have thought of it this way, and I have to confess that I never really thought of it this way until a few weeks ago, but 
When we're singing that catchy little song, Feliz Navidad, when we're saying that phrase, we're actually singing and saying a prayer. A prayer. It's a prayer that, that people would learn to know the joy of Christmas so that we can be merry. It's a prayer that people actually would have prosperous and happy new years. We who are blessed with this knowledge, with this faith, with this conviction and hope, we who are blessed with all of these things have a job to do. We have a job to do. A job of saying that prayer and meaning it and then living that prayer in whatever way that we can, so that others will come to know this same joy and experience this same prosperity and happiness that we have because Christ Jesus has come into the world. And so I pray for you and for us all. Feliz Navidad y prospero año y felicidad. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year.